Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Four, three, two, one. I told you before to be careful where you put your legs. I was only trying to be helpful. I can help myself. What are you waiting for? Come on. Come on. What are you waiting for? Come on! Come on! For seven decades, Michael Keane has been among the world's most renowned and recognisable actors. It was just what I needed. A one-inch god with a two-inch penis. The star of classics like Zulu, The Man Who Will Be King, and The Cider House Rules. It's a miracle no one was killed. But also films that brought his career to the brink of complete implosion. I made a mistake. Somehow, he has always found a way back. You're a big man, but you're in bad shape. With me, it's a full-time job. In this epic podcast series, we will watch and review every Michael Caine movie, from the greatest hits... You're only supposed to blow the bloody doors off! ...to the incredible misses... You've failed to maintain your weapon, son. ...and take a deep dive into the life and work of one of the world's most recognisable film stars. His name is Michael Caine, and no one will forget his name. ...to understand how he has made... The Mark of Cain. Well, you all settled in? Right, we can begin. For God's sake, come in! Hello and welcome to The Mark of Cain, our ongoing trip through the halls of Michael Cain's career, watching every movie from the nailed-on classics to the ones long forgotten by Cain himself, never mind the rest of us. And that small canon of work that is so bad that they're gone. Brilliant. My name is Michael Foley and I'm joined as always by Stephen Black of the Mallow News. Stephen, this is a very special episode. It's the swarm. It's the swarm. Bees. The bees. They're coming. The bees. Are you all right? No, I've watched the swarm. Of course I'm not all right. Are you all right? Oh, yeah. I've, I've never been uh, so filled with uh, vim and vigor. Looking forward to discussing this in much detail for the first time. Yes, I know. Vim, vigor and venom. Mm. Mm. Yes, yummy. Yeah, all the bee puns, honeybees. It's the one everybody wants to listen to. Apparently, uh, weirdly, but I'm guessing the people. All thirty have, of them. All thirty of them. I'm guessing that these are people who have not seen the swarm, or if they have, it's so long ago that they've erased it from their memory. I'll say this much though: I do for me anyway. There's there is an hour in the middle of this two and a half hour horror show that I think in my in my my low moments in my low points. <laughs> I will find a way back to. I will find a way back to. I don't think I'd ever watch this movie again. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's two and a half hours. As you said, it's like, it starts to go, all right, this is bad, bad. Okay, it's funny, bad. And then it's, mm-hmm. it stopped being funny, bad. And now it's just bad. And there's another hour left in the movie. It's a, a, a sheer slog. Like, I watched this. This is, this is like, this is five Five installments for me to get through this. Wow! The first, the first hour, one installment. The rest of the movie, five installments. It, kept, it was a real, real slog. I have to say, I found the first, I would say, hour and a bit, flu, because I just couldn't. I was in tears of laughter for for a lot of it, to be honest. So maybe the maybe the maybe the plot and the ridiculousness was just was the plot was passing me by, and the ridiculousness was getting me through. I don't know, but. Yeah, the last 45 minutes, it's like wading through shit treacle. It's just shocking, like. 
Yeah, I'm not even sure the laughter at this stage is genuine or whether we're developing some sort of PTSD when it comes to Kane being in terrible movies. It's just a, a self-defense mechanism. We're kind of finding, that, rather, we're, we're finding rather, happiness rather, where it does not exist. Than, like The brain is kind of going, rather than having to deal with this trauma again, what we're going to do is we're kind of going to deflect by making the, the, the experience laughable. There's no other way out. You know, when you look around, you know, the internet as we do, what else are we going to be doing with this? Like our lives are already clearly empty. We're doing this. What else are we going to be doing? Only wandering around the internet aimlessly. Yeah, the ch- children practically rear themselves. They practically look. They're if they're not rearing themselves, they've gone feral enough that they can figure it out at this stage. So you're wandering around and you see so many like articles about the swarm, podcasts about the swarm, the you know YouTube sort of collections of the best worst lines, talk of Ken's polo neck, talk of Henry Fonda kicking a door closed even though he's sitting in a wheelchair. Um, it like there's so much about this awful film that's completely unjustified. Would you have made you know? I mean, not to break the fourth wall too much, but you've you have you've made this point to me before this, like that one of the reasons for this is because people expected it initially in 1978 or whatever to be good. Yeah, but I mean, what I say that I think that that's the that's why it was such a big deal at the time so obviously the internet wasn't around then and the and podcasts were something known as radio i believe i pronounced that mm-hmm. correctly radio but I think. radio 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 so back then that's the reason why the swarm has this reputation as being so bad because again with the talent and behind behind the camera well in the form of the producer uh turn director or Allen, and and the, mm-hmm. and the the caliber of the cast as you know the smell of uh, lavender and urine off them is quite uh pungent it's pure i have a theory that why it's so popular um nowadays Go it's on. because we're the only fucking idiots who are sitting down and watching every terrible michael Caine movie we're doing this in the context of all the terrible things that we've already seen mm-hmm. and in the uh, again in the same context of all the terrible things to come Yes. Most people who reviewing this are just watching it in isolation, kind of go, ah, this is a great laugh. Look at your man here, Michael Caine from, from Batman. Didn't he make an, an awful, terrible movie? And yes. the line's awful funny. We're doing it in the kind of, no, you don't understand. He's done this. <laughs> He's killed before. He will kill again. I, I'm going to bet like that the Swarm isn't going to even be in our top five worst Canes by the end of this. It's not even going to get near, I'd say. I would imagine that. No, no. I mean, you know, I, I mean, I hold out no hope. No, no hope. I mean, yeah. we we get we get to marks for Kane for his performance later on, and, and I, I don't think it's 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 going to shock anyone that the the number is going to be low. But it, it, it's got, yeah. it's not going to be the only one. I mean, yeah, like, is this a film, in your view, that is so bad, it's good, or do we need to be different about this now? Do we need to be a bit more hard headed about it? I'm not. It's so bad, it's good. I, I don't know. I'm a big proponent of that. I mean, I don't know how many times you watch a so bad it's good movie. You know, you watch good mm-hmm. movies a lot. You watch your so bad it's good. Movie. I know that people uh, tend to watch something like uh, The Room mm. uh, over and over again, and they, you know, obviously it enjoyed it. You know, the cult movies essentially are the, uh, is their a type of cult movie. So bad it's good. Uh, this isn't into. It, this doesn't meet that criteria because the last hour is so fucking dreadful. Yeah, and it's such a long movie. Like if they maintained the level of awfulness and sheer off the wall insanity that the first hour displays, and it would maybe I could understand a world where it would be as popular as something like the room where people would flock to see it in cinemas and say the lines along with it. It's just if you did something like that with with the swarm, people would be saying line you know 
the terrible lines for the first 40 minutes an hour and then there would be would just be utter depressed silence for the remainder yeah. of it. I think that's it. I mean, it couldn't even drag itself to bad cult status. It it it, it was it was like the final final death nail is just the awfulness, the genuine awfulness of the last hour 45 minutes or so. It is extraordinarily baby so i'd say largely we'll be concentrating on the first bit really i'd say it's, i think it's fair, yes. fair to say right right so look at buckle up this is this is nuts um 1978 it's a disaster movie in every sense of the word featuring a performance from michael kane that is so wild uh it might be his best or his absolute worst although i think we've pretty much decided on that already that's his worst it's his worst uh it's a movie routinely mentioned like among the worst movies of all time the sunday times at the time in 1978 described it as simply the worst movie ever made and who are we to argue with that this is the story of kane and the bees in the swarm for more than 20 years Scientists have known that a swarm of killer bees has been headed towards the United States. Now, Warner Brothers presents Irwin Allen's The Swarm. We have visual contact. Identify. A black mass, sir. A moving black mass. We have been invaded by an enemy far more lethal than any human force. Starring Michael Caine, Catherine Ross, Richard Widmark, Richard Chamberlain, Olivia de Havilland, Ben Johnson, Lee Grant, Jose Ferrer, Patty Duke Aston, Slim Pickens, Bradford Dillman, Fred McMurray, and Henry Fonda. A story of courage and sacrifice. Where do you even begin? I, I, I don't want to hang around too long with this one, to be honest with you, because again, we've, we've made the point that this has been done to death in mm -hmm. terms of other podcasts out there uh, that were bizarrely probably more popular than us, but I, you know, I refuse to believe that. <laughs> that makes no sense. Even my darkest hour, that doesn't make any sense. <sighs> so I think give us a quick run through the plot and then we'll go through our own particular highlights and lowlights and we'll get the fuck out of here and back to whatever, <laughs> whatever demon dark fucking facsimile of a life it is that we, I know, we actually I have know. when you think this is the peak of our week i mean what does that say what does that say it doesn't say it doesn't say an awful, lot, an awful lot all right okay look let's just get through the in inverted commas plot because to be honest i'm going to find this hard to get through because every time the word bees is mentioned in the film i'm just gone so i don't know anyway I, how when i mention bees in the plot i presume i'm going to plats again okay all right yeah. starts off group of soldiers sent to a a military station of some sort to investigate uh, is it a missile plan, a missile base it's not important it doesn't matter uh to investigate a possible attack they find everybody mysteriously dead look i can't even get over the first line without laughing out pops kane straight away from behind some sliding door star trek style resplendent in beige to everybody's surprise playing dr bradford crane brad crane he ain't a brad crane renowned entomologist uh, General Slater, who's played by Richard Widmark, is suspicious of this guy and his and Crane's theory that the station was attacked by African killer bees. Uh, they're known to believe in this. Well, well, Richard Widmark isn't anyway. Even after the bees take out a military helicopter. Anyway, so while all that silliness is happening, out in the countryside, a family are attacked on a picnic. I don't think I've ever laughed at a family being attacked on a picnic before. 
and they're all killed by the bees with the, with his kid being the only survivor but he's hallucinating from the after effects of the bee sting he's seeing big giant bees uh crane kane's character meanwhile has been given full power by the president to oversee the operation it's like something from the simpsons and brings in all these nerd scientist friends to sort things out and that includes dr walter crim who's played by henry fonda who confirms the bees with the culprits and this would you believe dear listener was the attack that crane had feared for years what follows basically is like a cavalcade of awful set pieces like the so the kid attempts to firebomb the bees with a bunch of molotov cocktails but only provokes them into counter-attacking a local town where they massacre hundreds of people then there's an attempted evacuation to the town by train again total annihilation uh and that whole thing includes like the weirdest elderly love triangle you'll ever come across uh, a pregnant woman who tries to board the train goes into labor and ends up falling in love with the doctor there's an attempt to drop eco-friendly pellets on the bees as they swarm towards houston that fails the bees destroy a nuclear power plant in fairness to them and an entire town there is some crowd and finally finally crane stroke kane figures out that the bees were attracted originally to the station by the alarm that went off at the station and leads them out to sea by helicopter blaring the same thing and sets them ablaze with oil keep in mind that just a little while ago he was dropping eco-friendly pellets now he's setting them alight with oil on the sea that's basically the rough skim there's so much stuff here kane is loud he's pointy it's like nuclear kane it's like it's like he's acting under threat of death or something um so look, maybe we maybe we start with the cane performance before we just get lost in the swamp of crazy yeah let's start with the cane performance which i don't think at any stage she's on a medium setting he's just on high all the way through it is just shouty pointy it's yes. all shouty pointy occasional occasionally he's quiet there there's an attempt at a what would you say a romance between him and Catherine Ross's character. Catherine Ross, um, again, is so inert that maybe Jimmy Savile is the only kind of person that would find her uh, in any way a romantic uh, partner. Oh, good God. Oh, you know what? Yeah. I, kind of, I kind of always feared the day you'd bring Savile into it, but, and, and, and it's arrived now. And look, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna move on. I, just, I, I mean, it's safe to say that Catherine Ross, in a cavalcade of awful performances, is without doubt by far and away, and it's quite an achievement. The worst thing in the film. Yeah, because I always thought with the with movies, you have to kind of, you have to go through uh, some sort of medical in order to get signed off for insurance purposes. I would have thought that any competent doctor would have tested for a pulse. Yes, but she's by no, far no. the worst. I mean, in an awful movie, she is the worst thing in it. But a good old Kane, he's not far behind her there. He's just. Their attempted kind of a free son of romance there again. Like, has there been a lead actor with a history of just terrible on-screen chemistry? Like, has there anyone? Has anyone else come close to it? And I include <laughs> the closeted actors of the fifties and sixties, men whose entire lives were a sham, in order to avoid the discrimination and the vilification of the American tabloid press and their peers. These are men who had to, yeah had to find love in the dark as it were these are men who were more convincing in pitching woo at their uh at their at their respective screen partners at michael kane a self-professed and emphatic heterosexual man is incapable of showing any spark of like i'd say it's it's phenomenal it's it's, it's actually it's so awful it might actually be a skill it might you know you, you almost have to applaud 
you would think the laws of probability would state at least one of the movies watched the fire could go well it was terrible but boy he sure did have a kind of a dynamic spark with mm-hmm. uh so and so screen it is not. that's not it it's like, just not there i think for you i mean my 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 issue is or the kind of common sort of the you know uh you know 60s cool icon cane i don't get that the same way that you don't get sexy cane sex symbol cane you don't I, and i don't get it either i mean like, yet again but there sure is, there are people who but they're like you think about it there are people who fucking think like the we're at the time of recording this they're like you know there are people people queued online in their uh their tens of thousands to buy tickets to garth brooks people love garth brooks some people out of garth brooks will think garth brooks is sexy mm-hmm. you know and to be honest he just looks like a welder from cootin who's uh enjoys a, a, a bit of line dancing at the weekend yeah yeah, there's no accounting for taste. There is not. No, this is true. This is true, and you're dead right. We shouldn't be judging people in those levels. I, but, but it is safe to say. I mean, there is flirting going on. I mean, keep in mind now that there is a swarm of bees massacring thousands of people, and there are moments in this movie where Kane is looking. At, I mean, the first. I think one of the first times he comes across Catherine Ross, and she's a doc. She plays a doctor in this. One of the first times he is looking at her. Number one, in a very spooky, scary way. But also in a way that kind of things he's seriously thinking about pulling her into a broom cupboard before getting serious about the bees. I think they they, they could have leaned more into his weirdness. They could have oh, just yeah. said, what, "What what if he's a real entomologist now?" He just kind of uh, just as he starts uh, praising her uh, mandibles, and uh, <laughs> you know her eyes her her eyes would look even better if they were multi segmented. Like <laughs> Like his favorite is just really lean into it, or if when he leads into kiss, or he performs some sort of weird, weird uh, insect mating ritual, you know, the kind of a dance or something, or he's inviting her after coitus to, to bite his head off. <laughs> Actually, it's the only way I can ejaculate. Can you just pretend? What a much better movie it would have been for that. What, yeah. oh, excuse me, what a much better movie it would have been. Like, I have a look. I'm going to put it out there, okay? Because context is always important. We can. I, I, I feel a certain sympathy for him in this, okay? A certain sympathy before you start shouting at the cloud. Just wait. Like he took the job clearly. He took the job for the money. He needed. A, he needed to buy a house. Um, but set that aside. It's his first Hollywood blockbuster. He's mates with Irwin Allen, who, who produced the Towering Inferno. Sterling Siliphant, who who wrote the script, wrote the script for the Towering Inferno, huge hit. It's his first Hollywood blockbuster. It's his first Hollywood movie since Gambit all those years ago with Shirley MacLaine. I think that Kane, there's part of his brain going, he didn't even read the script. Like, clearly he didn't read the script. He, he, he He's taking it because he thinks this could be the beginning of a sort of a career as a kind of a disaster movie action hero type. And it just all falls apart at his feet. And I, I, think it's just, I think it's just as well that that he is, he had better luck with his restaurants than he did with his ability to choose franchises because mm. he's just managed to get in, get his foot in the door just as people have moved away from the door. Yes, yes, he, he he's he's timing to be out of time. He, it's it? 1978, and he's making a movie that would have been at home in the 50s. Yeah, it's incredible. It is incredible, and indeed, with a cast of people who were more at home with things in the 50s. I mean, it really is like Mick Kane and the seniors. You know, he's like... Oh, it's a cast of Love Boat. It's a Love Boat episode. <laughs> yeah. And in fact, the entire plot with the, the love triangle between Fred McMurray um, and uh, Olivia de Havilland and other old actor guy, uh, that's that's part and parcel. That it would just have fit in... Uh, you could have slotted it into a love, an episode of Love Boat and Easy. it would have been more appropriate there than it is here. Movie does not need it. It's, would, movie's too long. Nobody cares. And to be honest with you, movie going public, 
none of me see it won't be too ageist about it but i think the majority of people are going to see a movie in the, in, in the late 70s this is uh you know like the city has been satellite by re reignited re in terms of uh interest due to the, the reemergence of blockbusters like jaws or uh star wars the old people are going to the movies they do not want to see septuagenarians um discuss uh romance in a way that their that their grandparents would have been comfortable with you know yeah it's it's just it's just dreadful and it's all pointless and they all get killed kind of effectively killed off screen anyways you have this whole creating of this this storyline that goes all the way through the all the way through the movie it, 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 like again as you said the word bee in, in and of itself is hilarious uh and fear of bees essentially an enemy that could be stopped by closing a door and a window you know yeah is is it's hilarious but i mean the fact that for, throughout this movie you're the only person the only you're you're on the side of the bees you want the bees to kill everyone. Totally. As soon as you're introduced to a human character, you're like, yeah, take him out. <laughs> and I, I, I applaud their vindictive nature. Yeah. Uh, they, they, they kill the parents at the picnic. Uh, little Mickey Molotov comes back after he recovers from his bee hallucination with a couple of mates and throws a Molotov sack. Uh, they then decide, right, go to fucking take you out, head into town, uh, yeah. kill everyone there. Mm -hmm. Fair and enough. then not only that, realize that they were survivors. Mm -hmm. And just like like Michael Myers and Halloween, just fucking tracks him down to the train and kills them all. It's it's impressive. It is. And impressive. then decides then decides decide for some reason to go for a nuclear power plant again. Beautiful setup. Nuclear power is the safest uh, means of uh, of of uh, generating energy for our country. We should have more of them. Oh yeah, and they take it. They take it down in about I'd say about three minutes, maybe yeah. three minutes. Feels like three yeah. hours, but. All I'm saying is give bees a chance. Give bees a chance. Like, it's just magnificent. Did you like, actually, just just before I forget, that bit in the picnic? So they're, 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 the people are having the picnic. The, the actors, by the way, in the picnic scene, the father is like some kind of automated, I am hungry. I am hungry. But it cuts then to the bee, and you see it from the bee's point of view. So you see, like, the like the multi whatever you said there before his eyes you know and he's looking out and it's kind of like looking through a kaleidoscope or something whatever it's just fucking brilliant it's like it's like the bee is like ready to he's decided he's taking oh, it's like, you know, like a michael bay war movie that decides to yeah. get the pov of the cockpit of the airplane yes. before they drop the, the oh it's fab they could have done a little more of that more sting cam Abs we needed more sting cam more sting cam right um you're right as well by the way i mean you know we're we're again as you mentioned earlier we're 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 recording this in an era of, you know, lockdown, COVID, et cetera, et cetera. And I mean, it immediately comes to mind when you're sitting in these kind of situations. Basically, that's what they needed to do. A COVID lockdown would have started this straight away. Am I right? It would. I mean, I mean, to a certain extent, there would have been a similar amount of deaths as, as soon as you uh, told people that they had to stay indoors and to stay away from the bees, you would have had 50% of society going, you can't tell me what to do. Um, I don't believe these things are fatal. I'm going to I'll go out in the street and protest. I've done my own research online, and Af actually, African bees, uh, these things are not fatal. So go out and I'm going to hug a thousand bees just to prove you wrong. <laughs> yeah, they would have had that, but you know that would have happened. That would have happened, yeah. but eventually, I mean, we would have it would have saved a lot, a lot of hassle. I, I just, I don't know. I think, I think in an Irish context, we needed a Neffet, we needed a Tony Holohan sort of. You know, setting up some kind of situation. It's, it's what they needed in the swarm was a Tony Holland. I think. I don't know. Maybe I'm just crazy from watching the bloody thing and my brain is gone. You know, could be. Him. Yep. Could be. Him. Could be. Uh, what else do we need to say? Some of the great lines. What I do for a living isn't important. It's vital. 
he's talking about himself as an intermanist. Tell him the war I've always talked about has finally started. Get inside, the bees are coming. I love the one we, we've been fighting a battle for 15 years against. I, I, I never thought it would be the bees. They've always been our friends. Yeah, do you know what? Again, I would have been more the, the time here that they, the, you know, to maybe not even flashback, but I would actually would have rather have seen an origin story of uh, Doctor uh, Doctor Crane. Mm-hmm. Or maybe some of these parents coming out the back of a movie theater, having just watched the Mark of Zorro, and they're enjoying a lovely family moment. And you just see this tiny shadow <laughs> on the alley wall, moving towards close, closer. What's that, Daddy? That's just a bee, son. Oh, they're lovely. Yes, son, the bees are our friends. Mm-hmm. Buzzing gets more and more aggressive. Next thing you know, bee produces a tiny pistol, <laughs> shoots both of the parents. Okay, and you just. Just uh, zoom in on young Dr. Crane cradling the dead bodies of his parents. He looks up at this guy, he just screams, Why? Mm-hmm. And you cut to a training montage of him starting off, you know, fighting insects, maybe less venomous ones to start with, maybe, you know, like houseflies. Okay. Moves up to blue bottles, then maybe like up to, to the, the normal honeybee, maybe into more aggressive wasps and go to the killer air. You just see, right. you know, getting better at, you know, fucking punching bees. Punching wasp, bit of a you mm-hmm. know, bit of bee puncher, wasp puncher, oh, that kind it. of thing, you know, looking at looking at stuff under a microscope, that kind of montage. Him getting his diploma from from, from uh, entomology college or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I would have been interested in seeing the development, getting basically this the the situation that produced this maniac. Yes, <laughs> yeah, this screaming, spluttering maniac who's you know saying lines. I mean, there is a, there is some magnificent... shouting lines, shouting, shouting, lines. screaming. Oh, I mean, I mean, it's it's full on, but it's it's fantastic because you know because he hasn't read the script, you know he's reading them and he's going on and saying them. And I have this kind of vision of him walking off the set, going, "Did I just actually say that in that way?" And Irwin, you're happy with that? Yeah, yeah. Let's move on. This is fantastic. By the way, just when you talked there about um about uh kind of um kind of pt training to get after the bees did i did i ever um did i ever tell you about i headbutted a bee one time like actually headbutted and erased a bee as a result why why did, did oh, we were in, it was in school and the bee was kind of going around like he was just kind of floating around my head my forehead and i just went well i'm not if, if i get like the copy or whatever book was near me i'm gonna hit my forehead like so i'm gonna nut him one so i nutted him and he just kind of wafted down and he was he was a goner there you go I, I, you know, maybe they could have brought something like that to this show. I don't know. I like the way that you're improving these films, though. You've already made the swarm, the you know, the 21st century version for me. That surely, surely will will be upon us at some point. Um, I think these are good ideas that you need to. Sorry, get I'm not, I just no. I just try to. Uh, uh, all I'm doing is imagining you headbutting a bee, like fucking yeah, no. uh, big, big bee in train spotting. It's exactly like that. Right. That's it. It worked. I'm telling you, it worked. Um, can I go back to Kane and the seniors? Because I love, like, I love the way he tries to justify stuff years later, you know? So, like, he says, you know, so he's going on about working with Richard Widmark and Henry Fonda and Olivia de Havilland and Fred McMurray and all these others. And he's saying, you know, it, it was, it was, he's just really looking forward to working with all these people. And he learned from them, like, the power of stillness. He says, he wrote in one of his autobiographies, the gestures when they made them. They were clean and deliberate. He learned so much from being around these people. What a load of absolute bollocks. Yeah, if he's a fan of fucking stillness, he should have just uh, remained friends with them for another five or ten years. <laughs> Mind you, with the exception of Olivia de Havilland, who was fucking fair play to her, had some, uh, some longevity. God bless her. Uh, yeah, 
they like I mean it's clear they're they're getting the pension in here. They're just they've they've seen the check and they're going yeah, that'll that'll see me out the last few years. Of yeah, and I, and I, and I, I I said to you before, if you've just that fucking invested in uh, in spending time around aging stars, there are like hundreds of fucking uh, restaurants around uh, LA where you could have just popped in and see them, you know, trying to fucking Absolutely. cash in a coupon. Absolutely. Do you know who I wish was in it? You know who I really wish was in this show. I really wish Olivier was in this show with him again. Get the band back together after Sleuth. I just think it would have been wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Mike, I, he asked me. I, I couldn't say no. He's such a dear. I would have preferred uh, Olivier if he played the the head of the bees, like the queen bee. Oh, really? Like voiced? Yeah, it? yeah. No, yeah, maybe if he voiced it, but they, if they actually stuffed him into a honeybee costume. <laughs> And he, you know, and he was selling it like he believed everybody, you know, like he believed that he was the PE. Yes, 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 yes. I've actually lived in a hive three weeks before I came on, see, on, on set, Owen. I, I've been living in a hive. It was very claustrophobic, but I, I think I'm going to bring quite a lot to the role. Every night I would drive down to La Sienica and randomly sting people. I think, I, I, I just think. They called, the, you know they, call, they, called, they, called, they called the constabulary many times. <laughs> I spent many as the delightful night in jail, regaling my my cellmates with my career, my long career in the field. <laughs> I think I think he would definitely. They have said they'd never seen a suicide rate so high. <laughs> I I would reckon he would insist on the bees calling him Lord Olivia as well. I would say at, and and the Ross girl. Yes, no, she must. I, I'm afraid. I'm sorry, Mike. Of course, Mike. But the Ross girl, no. Um, no, I don't know. Uh, costume, Kane's uh, costumes, like just forever in khaki. There's no kind. I mean, you see it in the kind. Like, there's no continuity in this film. They go on dates to start in the daytime, and suddenly it's nighttime. And it's back, and it's in and out, and it's up and down. Um, but yeah, it's dreadful. He's dreadful in it. God bless him. He has no idea what he's doing. It's a stumble from one thing to another. Uh, it's just got off. Got all off. <laughs> Anything in the movie that you want to point out? As I say, it's been done to death so much. I mean, is there anything in particular, any characters, any bits and pieces, scenes, stuff that you want to you want to hit? Yeah, I just want to highlight Doctor Doctor uh, Rapey McSuggins in this. Oh uh, yeah, hello. The, as Mick mentioned in the the overview of the swarm, that uh, there's a pregnant woman who loses her her soldier husband dies in the the military installation attack at the start. She's left bereft, uh, goes into labor before getting onto the train, thus saving her life. Um, basically, is attended to by a physician who, to be quite honest with you, should be on a register rather than the medical one. Uh, mm-hmm. The way that he leers at her in a, in a, in a, in a, uh, when he when he is examining her, and then when she's wheeled out of the delivery room, she delivers a line something like. I guess it's true what they say. A girl really falls in love with her doctor at this time, which I would, I, I would, I, I, I would argue. And, and he, his response is, "Well, I hope you remember that uh, uh, tomorrow." And he kind of, 
Again, I would argue there's not a woman alive who falls in love with her doctor. Uh, the person who's spent, again, sees a doctor, fair fucks to you, because it's usually a midwife called Neve who's, uh, who's uh, helping you out. Uh, but if you do get to see a doctor, anyone involved in that uh, situation, you basically can barely make eye contact with them, never mind uh, uh, making professions of love. Exactly. Anyway, I just thought that was only something that uh, only something that a man could write. Anyway, that's for sure. This is uh, a doctor. Uh, this this is a doctor, right? He's a classic medallion wearing. Uh, in the eighties, he would have had a leather. He would have had a leather way, a leather jacket kind of pushed up to the elbows. He's yeah. definitely having sex with corpses. There is absolutely no doubt in my mind that that is happening. Um, it's the weirdest, weirdest, weird thing in this film. I would say. I would have to. Yes. I would have to agree with yeah. you there. Um, what about yourself? Uh, before, uh, before we, we we bring this bad boy in, what, what stood out for you? Yeah, absolute horror. Christ above. Um, let me think. Slim Pickens and the body, oh, yeah. body retrieval. Yes, yes, the Slim Pickens. Sorry, I, how could I possibly forget that? Slim Pickens. Okay, so Slim Pickens of Blazing Saddles fame uh, comes to the comes to the military station installation to, to to find his son who's there and he's heard of bad things are doing bad things are transpiring so he's come down and uh, of course the son is dead they, they bring him in and the son no, is but dead. not without him first threatening to turn off the water supply to the oh, entire yes. town of course yes because he's, he's an engineer, engineer. Yeah. i know where the I, 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 I know where the switch is so they go well, all right then come on in you so they bring him down to the morgue and every they're all in these, these rubber black rubber body bags and <laughs> So, and it takes forever. It takes forever for him to find. They, they literally, the camera just stays out and they're going through like all of these bags and eventually they find the bag and there's no dialogue and he just picks up the bag and I, honest to God, it's like, it's like he's kissing the gimp from Pulp Fiction. He picks them up and he kind of cradles the head and he's kissing the head and the camera cuts to like Kane and Widmark and Henry is Henry Fonda there as well. Yeah. Why not? And like there, I mean, they all look, whether it's for the movie or not, they all look like going, this is quite weird and inappropriate. And uh, it looks like he wants to make love to his dead son through a black rubber bag. And he picks him up and this is taking forever. And the music is swelling and he walks him out of the morgue and he, he carries him home. And it is just, beyond the beyonds it is beyond the beyonds but like i mean there is so much there's so much in this film apparently they've used between 18 and 22 million bees i'm presuming the number is vague because an awful lot of the bees didn't want to be identified i've actually been involved in production <laughs> so i did nda yeah, yeah, yeah. I, i've never run that 18 of the, or sorry 18 sorry 800 all, all the lads showed up for auditioning on my girl <laughs> yeah. so your, there's, a, there's a gap in your cv here in 1978 uh, i was on kibbutz <laughs> 800 000 bees were de-stinged imagine someone had to some people had to de-sting and fucking poor olivia de havilland still got stung um the last 40 minutes as you said takes absolutely forever there are just so many bits and please i mean a guy a guy falls out at like a 30 story up window and but when he as he's falling out there's a hanging plant outside on the wall like it's and it, but then it cuts and he's falling out out of the building it's just beyond the belief um the the line at the end is this is this the end catherine ross with with Kane as they're watching the bees just go up and smoke is this the end and Kane looks at her with all serious we might just survive if we use the time wisely going, oh my god they're keeping it open for a fucking sequel they've got some balls swarm two a new beginning oh look at what you just did there yeah like yeah go on anything else anything else from no you? that's it let's bring it let's bring i mean home. there's probably tons there's probably there's yeah, tons. But everybody else. 
but it look, it's terrible. The reception, just the reception. Like, I mean, we can. Uh, this is the moment for Keynes, you know, kind of deception. You, know, you mean? I'm just putting B in front of every word. Why not? It, it makes everything better. I mean, it made me yeah. laugh every time I heard B. Yeah. So why not? There was a terrible. There was a terrible buzz about the movie. There was an awful buzz about the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just it was nothing like nothing near as good as the Sting. Um, the Kane's old story that he that he rolls out every time, like about doing a, a scene with the bees, with the de-sting yeah. bees, and they're there and they're noticing dots in their clothes, and they're kind of Kane thinks they're honey, and he starts eating, he starts picking the dots off and, and and tasting them, and it turns out that the bees are shitting on them, so he's eating bee shit, and of course Kane's wonderful line, the first reviews are in, the first reviews are in, oh, we can make okay, if it was in, you know, it nearly exploded my career, but hey, we can make a joke about it now. Yeah, I think I think that's where we really we should call it quits, and that is a, 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 the perfect uh, anecdote to end it on. McCain covered in b shit. I want, you to, I, I want you to I want you to to riddle me this though, right? In um, all seriousness, right? If this guy, if this happened to anybody else, what would happen? If anybody else had been in this film, what would happen to their career? Well, the career would be over. That'd be it. Women. That's it. That'd be, that'd be it. A, a female. Women. I, I, there's a female. Like, obviously, it's 1978, so they weren't going to give the lead role to a woman. Uh, but they yeah, it would kill anyone's career. This yeah. should have killed his career. It did not. Um, again, it's just a Teflon done in terms of uh, oh, walking no. away from shit like this. And again, it's never his fault. It's always I never read the script. It was the director was out of his depth. Um, people just weren't ready for this kind of. Um, experience or just be experience I mean yeah not, not really there was about there was another film out that year called The Bees that was also along the same thing there was a bunch of 70s movies about bees like yeah. and it means was Lorenzo's I was Lorenzo's Oil not a sequel to this no <laughs> I'm going to see that film in a totally different way now after you mentioned yeah. that it actually got nominated for an Oscar for best costume design unbelievably Unbelievably, yeah, um, unbelievably. It's 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 weird because the Oscars is just such a is normally such the pantheon of standards. Isn't absolutely, it? It, it, they get it right every single time. Cost twenty odd million bucks, got back less than half. Destroyed careers apart from Kane, savaged by the critics. It's just beyond belief, just beyond belief. Uh, right, marks for Kane in this. I mean, in this zero, 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 zero. It has to be zero. It can't zero, be anymore. It, it, we can't. Yeah, sure. he can we go can't. We can't justify this sort of behavior no, at all. No, at can't all. endorse it. No, I'm no. sorry. I'm sorry. No. I'm sorry. So that's the swarm. I mean, what more to say? What more to say about the swarm? I think less is more, to be honest. Um, so at this moment, we know for briefly, because by the way, as you said, you'd think he'd be once once stung twice shy, but of course he goes back with Aaron Allen for Beyond the Poseidon Adventure in another little in, in another couple of movies' time. So I mean it's like it's not like he even learned a lesson from this. In the meantime. We return to some form of legitimate cane. Uh, his next movie is an adaptation of Neil Simon's play, The California Suite. Channel 2 just picked you as a dark horse. They must have seen the dress. Now, he's playing opposite Maggie Smith, who actually wins an Oscar for her performance in this. He's playing mm. a closeted gay antiques dealer. Well, no, we know his dad wouldn't have been too happy. You know, one of Billingsgate's more prominent homophobics, as we know. It's a bit of a jump. It is. Well, he's not afraid to take the challenging roles, is he? Oh God, no! Apparently not. Apparently not. Well, hopefully he won't be. Hopefully he won't be swaddled in beige turtlenecks this time, cutting off the oxygen to his brain. Um, and hopefully it'll, it'll bring us in something slightly different from this horror. Uh, maybe he could use the collided clubs. He said, "A segue." Uh, you know, in, in the last movie, he was dealing with antiques such as Olivia de Havilland. In this movie, he's dealing with antiques that are real antiques. 
that's a terrible go. segue actually so don't use that no oh, let's definitely that. use that that let's is in that is that's like this like the swarm maybe it's so bad it's good i don't know yeah we'll see i mean maggie smith i like maggie smith yeah she's good it's going to be fine it's going she's to be great fucking great she's fucking great in the fall sure was class yeah yeah class right are we done we're done okay thank you for uh being here uh whoever you are i say sorry we broke the fourth wall i know you'd like to think that maybe we're doing these things live and it's just a personal conversation between you and us you know uh maybe take this opportunity to say hi how's it going you all right hey. how's the wife and kids good you know you don't have kids oh yeah. oh that's 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 uh, maybe you know what's not meant to be is not meant to be exactly and look, oh so you can't you can't have children oh that's right that's okay. Oh no, your wife does not have children. Oh, oh, oh. Ooh. seems like that's the kind of conversation you should have before you got married. Yeah, maybe we can. Can we? Can we get out of this? Can we? Can we reverse and back out of this conversation? <laughs> As usual, um, ignore my pleas for you to like, subscribe, and uh, maybe hit us up on Twitter at Marco Kane too yeah. for all the amazing posts uh, on what it is that we do. Yeah. Be found. To be fair, to be fair, Stephen, they, our our listenership are nothing if not consistent on that. Yes, yeah. yeah, they much prefer the kind of offhand, uh, long distance relationship yeah, with us, which I guess is fine. And they understand. they don't and they they don't respond to to kind of passive aggressiveness, which I guess is is an, an admirable trait. <laughs> Completely and utterly admirable. <laughs> Go find the California suite if you can. If you cannot come back here, we will get it done. Uh, we are going to go watch it and uh go and have i just i will go back and watch a bit of the swarm in my low moments but generally speaking i think i'm gonna yeah i, I think i'm gonna need some showers after that yeah I, I think given the amount of low moments that you're apt to have in your life maybe find something more therapeutic yeah yeah i go for a good bracing walk stephen thank you thank you and goodbye that's it for this week's episode thanks for listening Make sure to like and subscribe and maybe leave a comment. Only nice ones, though. Mean comments will make Alfie cry and no one wants to see that. The Marco Kane podcast is written, researched and presented by Stephen Black and Michael Foley and edited by Andrew Foley. Music is composed by Stephen Black. If you'd like to get in touch, you'll find us on Twitter at, at Marco Kane 2 And if you enjoyed this episode, you'll find all the rest wherever you get your podcasts. The Marco Kane is a Mallow News 2 Cubes production. See you next time.